This is episode 130 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Welcome to episode 130 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I have Mike Nowicki on the show. And Mike's a guy I've actually known since roughly around the time I started this podcast. I've been following his journey. Mike's a wholesaler. He's worked under Matt McKeever's team. And I've just watched him grow, grow in his knowledge. He's a very curious and uh, personable guy. And he's had incredible success in the wholesaling world. And now he's making the decision to transition into purchasing his own properties and uh, building his own portfolio, but he's going to go in with this skill set of wholesaling. Mike and I actually sat down in studio with each other and uh, we hashed it out and it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed digging into the weeds with him on this. We talked about just about everything from personal finance, habit management, daily routine, all the way through the technicalities of wholesaling and finding properties off market. So that's what wholesaling is for anyone not familiar with that. That's when you're finding properties off market and typically you are tying them up under a contract and then assigning that contract to someone else. Well, now Mike wants to use those skills to build his own portfolio. And that sounds like a fantastic way to build some serious wealth, especially when you can find the killer deals that he's been able to find. So I'm confident you're going to enjoy today's conversation. And it certainly was great to have live episodes again, um, having two people in the same room. Just before we get into the episode, just want to remind you that if you're new to the podcast, it's a great idea to head right back to the beginning, Uh, especially if you're new to real estate investing in general. The concepts are taught very well from the beginning by all of our fantastic guests, and it's well worth going right from the start to the finish. If you haven't already done so, I'd greatly appreciate it if you'd give me a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and uh, hit the like, subscribe, and notification bell if you're watching here on YouTube. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. Let Mike know what you think. And without further ado, let's jump into episode 130 with Mike Nowicki. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Mike Nowicki on the show and uh, we've talked about this for a long time. Finally got it. Finally got it going. Yeah. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me today, Andrew. Yeah. It's good to catch up with you. I don't think we've spoken in like a year. Since we had in-person meetups at uh, yeah. down like pretty much around the corner, right? Yeah. Yeah. We used to do those. Uh, you've you've uh, done a lot of things and I don't want to yeah. take it away from you, but I, I met you through kind of Matt McKeever and what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know you were wholesaling and looking at getting into investing. Mm-hmm. So uh, now you've moved to Toronto. So yeah, I'm in, in Toronto now. Um, it's funny because I'm actually moving out of Toronto now too. Where are you going? I've been here since February. I'm actually moving back to my hometown to focus purely on investing in real estate now. Um, yeah. So I'm going to do some wholesaling, but it's going to be more buying there. And that's going to be kind of where I plant the roots, you know? Yeah. Walk me through where you started. Like, sure. yeah. you know, what's your what was your career path? Like, wh- where are you now kind of thing? Uh, yeah. So I always like this question. It's kind of interesting. Um I started out kind of, uh, I guess in Alberta, when I was in Alberta, that's when I started my first business. And that was, uh, I was, I had a truck and I had a trailer and I ended up picking up like junk from, um, like construction sites or even from private homes, just like picking up stuff and I'd take it to the dump. It was a junk removal business. It was super simple. Um, and then my boss was like, okay, because I had a job at the time. He was like, you can either work here or work on your business because you can't be doing both. You're coming to work too tired and things like that. I said, okay, well then screw you guys. I'm going to do the business. And then uh, I ended up having to move back to Ontario uh, and I started doing like painting and things like that. And then someone had asked me if I can do their floors for them. I was like, yeah, sure. I can do your floors. I went on YouTube. 
I figured out how to do floors on YouTube that night, bought the tools the next day, showed up at their house, and I did their laminate floors for them in their house. Oh, okay. So um, you laid the floor. Okay, gotcha. Laid the floors, and then I freaking, it just turned into doing like small renovations. Everyone would ask me questions if I could do that, and then I would just say yes and then figure it out on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and then that turned into me just kind of wanting to get into uh, real estate because like I was like, I can flip houses. I can do that, all that stuff, right? So I searched up like Matt McKeever, like you said, and then ended up going to his conference. And I pretty much asked him if I could live with him, work with him and do all that stuff. And we ended up working together for the last two years. We actually aren't working together anymore as of uh, like last month. Um, but so learned a ton working with those guys and i wholesaled i pretty much wholesaled the whole time uh as well as like other small things here and there um and and wholesaling just taught me a whole lot about real estate i got to see um unfortunately i missed out on a lot of great deals because i wholesaled them but uh, i got to see a lot of the guys just like do proper deals i saw how they were structuring them i got to watch the process of the burr or the flips that they were doing or how they would actually take down the deal and now i'm just kind of ready to yeah. myself yeah yeah so you you were on the outside i remember i spoke with you you, you were yeah. you were helping facilitate the deals but not doing them yourself so yeah have you invested yet uh not in real estate <laughs> so th- this is this is going to be the first so you're you're transactionally quite savvy and experienced yeah but in terms yeah. of owning and keeping that's different um now yeah. walk me through because i know like matt's got a really unique operation Really? And, yeah, and uh, how he brings people through. I have no idea where he even got the idea. I'm sure he, I'm sure he gleaned it from somewhere. Fight club. <laughs> Fight club. Yeah. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah. Well, essentially we, we would all live together and then work together at the same time. And, and it's just, we spent so much time together that we were able to really grow the business real well. And then, so it's brilliant. I mean, I think for anybody who, you know, before you're in a relationship, it works a lot easier because yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, girlfriends and wives probably don't yeah. exactly mesh with that situation as well. But it's not easy. Yeah. So walk me through, you know, the starting with Matt, what you learned and, and how you grew. Because, I mean, I would say you're the thing I know you for is being able to, to find deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You so know, I got got great at making deals. Um I did about 50 in the past two years, which is kind of, or 40, 50, something like that. Um, but like starting with Matt, he basically, he took me in and uh, within, it was Matt, Adam Martin, Jeff Weibo, those were guys I was spending a lot of time with, right? Mm-hmm. So learning from them, they all had three different basically personalities, right? Matt is very uh, logical, analytical, and like, he's just a very intelligent person, right? And he's very, very much... Um, like he does a lot of the same things and makes a lot of progress that way. So he taught me that um, this is such a simple thing, but like living out of your calendar and having proper lists of what you should be doing throughout the day, that helped me so much. Like that's such a small tip, but like honestly focusing on what I'm supposed to be doing that day and just getting it done has helped me so much in the past two years. How do you invent that, that list? Walk me, walk Uh, me through that. Yeah. So typically I, I look at things like what's most important, what is going to make me money today and what is going to like, like I look at it as fire. So do you know, you've probably heard this before, like there will be like a big fire that you have to put out and then there'll be some that it's okay to just let them smolder. Right. So like I have my list of things that I for sure need to get done that day. If I don't get certain things done, I can do them the next day. Or if they end up just falling to the side i I can just like not worry about them at all it's really hard to kind of like be happy and like have a good life while stressing about so many little problems all the time and especially if you don't write them down in your book or however you you keep these things like 
it's easy to just like feel so overwhelmed. So I just keep them in lists and then I just choose the ones that are need to get done for my health or my like my personal finances and things like that. And then I get those things done or and if it's just not that important, I just don't do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think trimming the fat on lists is yeah. what a lot of people have uh, a problem with. I, I remember in like 2011, you know, starting to read books on organization. And uh, I forget what book this was, but I read it and the guy's just like, yeah, you, it's like eating your vegetables. He's like, put veg next to like three tasks on your list that are like the ones you don't want to do, but you know, you need to or should yeah. and make sure those are the first three you do. Yeah, or, or have the, to eat the veggies. <laughs> yeah. Do, do that first. So, yeah. I mean, your average day, how many things you got on your list? Uh, try to keep it below, like below five, to be honest. Like I try not to do too, cause I try to have a good life too. Right. Um, I mean, I get shit done, but I get important shit done first. And then I work out a ton. Like I, I pretty much, I did like over a half marathon two days ago, just like for fun. Right. Oh yeah. Um, and like, I don't know, I bike a lot, I run a lot. So like I only get a few things like that really move the needle done a day. Um, but as long as I'm moving the needle slightly every single day, then at the end of the year, like I've moved a lot. Yeah. So how do you decide what goes on the list? And I think this is so important because like yeah. topics on organization, it's not something I get into that often. And I think it's one of the most critical for, for long-term success mm-hmm. because consistency is everything. And if we don't have a guiding principle above the to-do list, we aren't going to do anything. So what's yeah. the guiding principle or yeah. the guiding goal above the to-do list? So, so basically I have, uh, some weird, like life goals that things that just like I want to do in life. Um, so like, like I said about moving the needle and being consistent. So like if I have to, you, you mentioned consistency and I actually really love that word. It's actually my Wi-Fi password is consistency. Um, nice. ba- basically, uh, um, I make sure I'm at least putting like five offers out a week, right? So like that to get to putting out offers, I have to make a lot of phone calls or I have to send out a certain amount of flyers. I've kind of taken it slow on flyers lately. Um, Cause they're a lot less effective than they were. They, they are. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people flying right now and it's just kind of like a little bit saturated we'll say, but um, I make a lot of phone calls, right? So I prioritize the things that'll get me to making an offer. Cause those are my lead measures, right? Um, at the end of the day, I can't control how many deals I do. That's, pretty much just like if i put in the repetitions i'll get deals you can't control what other people will do so it's a bad metric to to set a goal based on what somebody else has to do it's but you can control what you do which is making the offers yeah so if if if, if it was on my to-do list to get a deal today it's like you got to be more realistic and say like make 10 phone calls book a couple walkthroughs and then you might get a get a deal or something right um so i try to prioritize the things that i can control and then that way um I don't beat myself up if I had like a bad day or something. Right. And I honestly like cleaning my house is a priority or like getting my car cleaned or making sure that everything's organized kind of thing or that my life is kind of like, or like even calling my parents or my brother or kept catching up with friends. Like that's all so important to me. So I'll like prioritize those things if that's on my list and I only do such things. I still think that's a successful day. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting because I, I will put both things on my list too. Like yeah. it's not just business things; it's yeah. like whatever's going on in my life. Because mm-hmm. I don't know, I don't work a nine to five. You don't either. No. It's you're, the things you need to get done are are you know well rounded. There's a lot of different things. Yeah, there's a lot, and and there's a lot on our plates. Being business owners and kind of doing our going carving our own paths, right? 
uh, if you don't have structure of some sort, like yeah. some, some weeks I'll catch myself waking up at like 10 AM every day. And I'm like, okay, this, I need to like get back to some kind of structure right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but then those weeks also, like I have unreal sleeps and I work out like crazy. Right. Um, yeah. so like it, yeah, having a good structure and picking the right things to do definitely move the needle a lot in the long run. Okay. So now let's get into some of the things to do i mean actually before we do that what are the goals like what 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 big goals do you have um well recently i've kind of uh had a little bit of a change because i used to think that i wanted to be like the next mark cuban or something like that right um and then i did a personality test and i kind of like it helped me realize like that's for first of all it's not even me right like that's not who i am um i'm like noicki and i want to kind of just do my own thing and it doesn't I don't really have to be ultra rich to go down that route. Um, I find myself stressing out about like the next deal or getting more money. And, and I found myself thinking a lot about money versus like relationships and personal health and things like that. At the end of the day, like I really want to be wealthy. And I think that's like a non-negotiable for me. Um, yeah. But to be like, yeah, I don't need to go that like that hard to go to get to the life that I want. So basically my biggest goal right now um, is to have uh, rental properties so I can get financial independence, pay down my bad debt that I have because I racked up a lot because like I started making a lot more money than I was used to doing wholesaling for the past two years, um, and I wasn't really financially literate. Started about spending it. some of it, <laughs> a lot of it, like almost all of it, right? And then that became really like, um, and that's a topic I wanted to talk about because like when you, when you come from a place where you, you're not used to making a whole bunch of money, your parents aren't really, uh, like financially savvy or whatever. Um, it was just what I, what I knew was like spending what I had. So over the past two years, I've, I've been able to make that mistake and kind of correct it too. So like, I was like, oh yeah, like that's where all my money went. Right. After I really looked at my spending and I've been able to focus on my personal finances a lot more. And just really figure out like, okay, if I, if I want to get to buying houses and actually looking good to lenders and things like that, I have to figure out, uh, like how to actually manage my money. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're going to want to see liquidity, right? Absolutely. They're going to want to see you have some cash. They're going to want to see some good, um, financial statements. So I don't know, like, do you, do you have your own company? Is that something? Yeah. So I have an incorporated company, but that has that always been like while you were working with Matt? Uh, not, it was, is pretty much in the past year that we yeah. i started that so because they want a two-year history right i know yeah yeah so what i you know when i got started with my company i i t5 myself the first year a little bit because it was only a half year and then the next year i had a full t5 so now i could show the bank two years of t5s they still didn't love it because the first t5 was really low and then the next year i now i had two good years of it and the track record is so important, right? So you just got to get started. Yeah. And being patient, like patience is so hard that way, right? Patience and consistency, right? <laughs> well, well, like I see, that's the thing. I see these guys doing the deals that I sell them and I'm like, I just want to take down like, some of these wish, deals. Wish right? I kept them. I mean, that was the hardest thing for me is selling anything. Like, and I used to, I used to have a company to flip uh, student rentals and I'd buy them at all this value. And then I'd look at them a year later and say, wow, I'd wish i'd really wish i just still owned it you know it would be way better to have just kept it yeah you were saying that in one of your podcasts when i started listening to your podcast from like the beginning uh, a few weeks ago just like just to catch up on them and uh you mentioned that in one of them i was like i don't want to have that feeling either it's a a very regretful feeling now of course 
you know, since then I have actually sold more of them and ones I never thought I would sell. So I, sometimes it, it's more of an investment decision. Hey, I think this money is better elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But when you just sell it for income, that's where I hate it, which is actually exclusively where you've been. So exactly. now you've exactly. seen the light. You know? Yeah. So like, I'm not saying like, the past two years have been like life changing. Absolutely. I've learned a ton and I've made a bunch of freaking money. But um, next step is getting it to stay on my in my core, basically. Right. Well, yeah, you, you've learned the skill. And no one can take that away from you. Exactly. And we're going to dig into those those fundamentals a bit and okay. and kind of talk about that. But um, what, just give us an idea. Like, what are some of the things you were spending on in this last year? Like, what uh, was really sucking off the money? Okay, first of all, like I would go to a restaurant to eat lunch and dinner every single day. And that was like very expensive after looking at it on the weekends. Like I ended up ended up starting to booze a lot. Like there was a couple months where I just drank every single weekend. And I was like, that's getting expensive because um, I was the friend that was making money. And it's like, yeah, I'll take care of the bill. I'll take care of the whatever. Right. Um, Just look like a lot of ego kind of spending. A uh, lot on clothes, a lot on um, like women, st- just like random stuff, right? Yeah. Just cars the, too. Yeah, I bought a car that was not cheap, <laughs> like and like my monthly expenses on my vehicle alone are over two thousand dollars, and it's just like that's a bad financial. Holy decision, crap! Right? Would you buy? Um, well, like I have a I have a BMW six series, and like my insurance is pretty high. Um, gas is extremely high. Um, the payments on the vehicle, it's just, yeah, it's a bad storm. Right. So we're, we're getting close to paying the thing off. So that is going to be a big expense. That's like off the, off the thing, but, um, insurance is still high on that vehicle. So yeah, I hate car payments. I hate very, very, uh, very adamant not to have them. Yeah. So that's, that's a big goal of mine is being, um, like bad debt free right now. Um, so I have like almost six figures in the pipeline in accounts receivables right now. So I'm excited to get that to pay down a bunch of debt. Um, but until then, it's kind of just been like uh, yeah. just getting new deals in. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, um, your skill set and what you know, I mean, you can clean up your own house, which is, is what you're talking about doing. Mm-hmm. And JV on the other side of it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that you're a perfect candidate, you that candidate for that yeah. is like you bring the deal and the numbers are good and you know how it works. Mm-hmm. And you bring that to somebody who's got the, the, the financial ability to close. And yeah. it's like you're, you're at no disadvantage. Mm-hmm. You'll just start that way until your corporation shows a couple of years anyway. And then at that point, you know, it's easier to get your own mortgages. Yeah. So my question for you actually like um, was. Yeah, let's do it. Because. If I were to go JV with someone, um, I've heard a lot of great things about G- JVs and I've heard bad things about JVs. Um, someone I have in mind right now, he works in private equity. Um, he actually just retired in, in his 20s and he has a lot of liquid capital right now. Um, and he's fine or he's uh, like analytically has a lot of hor- horsepower behind him. So he can really analyze deals well where I, I bring a lot of, um, let's say, like boots on the ground to the table. Right. Um how could a relationship like especially because he's my friend how could a relationship like that be beneficial or like go south you know it's it's tough to to say exactly why something works on one side and doesn't work on another i think you really got to trust your gut like if your gut's saying hey that's not the right fit or it might strain your friendship then that's yeah. something to consider i think for me it like i have no gut like i really believe in my intuition i have pretty good uh like i really believe in that so yeah. um I don't have any bad feelings about it that way. Um, 
in fact, I think it'll strengthen our relationship. But um, to joint venture, I think is probably the only only option right now, right? Because it, well, you can borrow um, unsecured just Pino money. I mean, right? So many people on Instagram are doing that. Like, I mean, that's a gray area because how long how long is that sustainable though, right? Well, here's the thing. I, I look at these two things as very exclusively different, right? If I borrow a P-note, I feel indebted to somebody. I, I've guaranteed them that I'm going to pay them back. Um, and I don't take that lightly. Whereas if I do a JV with somebody, I say, we take this risk together. I'm the working partner. You're the money partner. Mm-hmm. I, my risk is that I might do all this work and make no profit if, if, right. if the market changed right. or something happened. I mean, I'm saying in a worst case scenario, right? In most cases, like we're assuming the market's going to continue to do what it's been doing or even just stagnate, which would still probably be okay in mm-hmm. a lot of circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really have to differentiate and, and make sure that who you're working with knows knows what's on the table and yeah, knows like, what are the dynamics here? What are you agreeing to? And what are you not agreeing to? Uh, like the one I'm looking at in Florida right now, I would be funding the guy's down payment um, and any difference that the construction mortgage wouldn't cover, but I'm not taking the guarantee on the property. And okay. that's what we, you know, we, we pre-negotiated that. Okay. So he knows that's where it's at. Now we just need to get the paperwork to reflect the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just say for me, I would just really be approaching it as let's make sure we're on the exact same page about yeah. what I'm doing and what I'm not doing. Yeah, so we've got we've got a meeting at the end of this week um, to kind of go over those kinds of things, set expectations. Uh, I told them like, let's not make any decisions just because we're friends. Let's make them on real kind of like reasoning. Yeah, and say by all means, like don't hold your tongue. Like if you have something to say, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. There's no sense in not in not airing concerns. Why would you do that? Because you're just going to end up creating a problem later. Yeah, but it's funny. Like my uh, my best uh, JV experience was with my buddy Mike, and we didn't even have paper to start. It was a handshake. <laughs> and I, I'm, not, I'm not recommending that. I don't I don't even know why we did it. But I mean, there were hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line between us, between you know, with nothing to record it other than our word. Which I mean, damn, you, you know. <laughs> You got some trust there when, yeah, uh, when that kind buddy. of thing happens. Uh, again, not recommending that. I think that generally yeah. speaking, it's it's best. What, what we ultimately decided is we got to get something on paper because if something happened to either of us, mm-hmm. all yeah. we have is our word. Yeah. If we're not here to say it, then yeah. then that's no good. So I think that that's the big reason. Most important is so is, is to have it for that reason. Yeah, like when it comes to JVs, because if you're uh, someone that's boots on the ground. Um, you're expected to kind of take care of all the problems at the end of the day, right? So hypothetically, let's say I were to um, leave the country for a month. What then? Like, have you had that kind of experience? Because you just left the country and you you must yeah, have some kind of... Yeah, it's gone for three of, months. Uh, you, you must have things going on in Canada, so... Yeah, I mean, I... But I don't act through my own hands and feet you know what i mean I, I a lot of things is just acting through the phone which i can do gotcha. from i can do from anywhere gotcha. so i think that that's more building your team like just because you're the working partner doesn't mean you're doing all, all the, work the work physically right? yeah. and okay. i think that's an important conversation to have too yeah. say just so you know we are going to be hiring a property manager my job is to put all the pieces in place and make sure that this uh this doesn't escalate but there is a structure there's a hierarchy of people who are Mm -hmm. able to respond to situations and i don't want to get a call in the middle of the night and this is what i'm doing to make sure of that so i mean that's how i would i would look at it i think a lot of people when they get into these discussions if, if you get the feeling like 
you're being looked at as if you're not bringing value to the table. Yeah. That's yeah. when you need to take a step back and say, hang on here a second. Mm-hmm. We're going to respect what I'm bringing to the table. And you need to be able to sell that value that mm-hmm. you have. Say, I'm bringing a lot to the table here. I'm not getting any compensation unless you make money. Why would I do that? I'm going to mm-hmm. pour in all my time and effort here. Yeah, I'm taking risk too. We're both putting in equal risk here. Yeah. One of us is doing it with money. One of us is doing it with our time. And, uh, and when we both are going to benefit 50-50. And you'll get your money back when we refi or whatever yeah. you agree. I think I think initially um, some people like look at the 50 50 and they're like oh that's like that's a lot and I'm giving up half of my like it's my money right people work hard for it Um, they don't always see like what what you can bring so I think having but they're still getting their money back so you're not giving up half of your money you know I'm generating this return for you and I'm giving you half of it plus all your money back that's a pretty good deal (laughs) I almost want to like make a video to walk JV partners through like all the, I guess that's a conversation you'd have, but like it's, it'd be a cool video to like walk them through like everything that we do as uh, boots on the ground, or I would do as a boots on the ground partner. I heard this, uh, oh, this story, I forget uh, where it came from, but uh, this guy hired this plumber after hiring, you know, three other people that couldn't fix a problem. The guy comes in, fixes the problem, and in mm-hmm. one minute and, and charges, you know, right. a thousand bucks. And yeah. he's like, what? Like, that, you're making a thousand dollars an hour. That's ridiculous. He's like, you're not paying me for my time here. You're paying me for the, the 20 years that I yeah, spent exactly. knowing knowing where that problem existed. Exactly. And I think yeah. that that's the real thing you got to sell is that I, you're, you're not paying for my hourly. You're not paying for my time. You're paying for my knowledge. Exactly. And, and I, connections. I've, I've built this up over time. Yeah. I know what I'm doing. I'm connected. I, I can build a team anywhere because of, of the way I operate. And you can see how I operate. Absolutely. And that's that's how I would sell that. I mean, I think hustle is the most important thing that um, that you've got right now for your own benefit. Yeah. So you're yeah. willing to hustle, but the knowledge is there. The experience is there. Now you're going to just kind of massage it into owning property. But I mean, a lot exactly. of it. The hustling to find leads, find people, make connections, those are all useful skills in this in this game. And you obviously know more than enough people who are doing flips, spurs, yeah. have contractors. When it comes to that, like I know I know who does deals and like who actually executes on proper burrs and, and flips. So like I'm a phone call away from many different trades. Um, in fact, I know a lot of trades myself. A lot of my old friends from high school are in the trades in the city that I'm moving. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's a very good like I think it's just I would be stupid not to go down that direction, right? Especially after doing like forty deals, I know how to find great deals, right? Um, yeah, that's that's a such a critical skill. Yeah, I, I would definitely buy the uh, best, wholesale the rest, right? <laughs> I think wholesaling. I mean, in a time now where it's never been tougher to find a deal that makes sense. Yeah, and uh, you know, even, if you even, got the deal, you you've got a lot of leverage in a, in a negotiation. Some people are uh, like. Bid, doing bidding wars on wholesale properties and i'm like holy smoke yeah like, that, this that is that getting wild me. right <laughs> the bidding wars on wholesale properties thing yeah. really uh i don't know why it kind of rubs me it, the wrong it does way. right it, it's it's kind of weird so like i try to stick with um if i have a buyer that i've been working on a relationship with like i'll just tell them hey i got this deal like this is what i want to make off of it let's do the deal right yeah. and i find that builds a way longer term relationship some some deals i, I lose out on like thousands of dollars which is fine but that relationship is just getting yeah. stronger you're and investing stronger in that relationship stronger right 
Yeah. Because I, I tell you, like for me, I disengage when I when I see, you know, we're taking offers. I'm like, well, I might as well just buy on the MLS then. <laughs> like I'm competing with a lot of investors, yeah. <laughs> some of which who have a lot, uh, you know, who are willing to take a, a thinner margin or have an extreme capability to renovate a lot cheaper than I could. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're competing with all that. It, yeah. it just makes yeah. me think, well, if I'm competing, I'm doing something wrong. I need to get creative. Yeah. I need yeah, to find yeah. a way that I'm not competing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's always what I've you know live by even, but it, even when i'm out doing deals like off market i'll have i'll have the seller be like yeah i've got three more guys like you here uh i just want kind of the best offer from you guys and i'm like so i'm competing against other wholesalers and half of them don't know what they're doing so they're they're gonna offer too much too much and then that person they fall the deal falls apart that person hates a wholesaler now and it's just like yeah. it becomes a kind of a mess right so yeah. you almost have to like talk them through well yeah, yeah i understand a lot of wholesalers are going to say that yeah. uh, however what i've seen in an experience is that if you if you deal with an inexperienced wholesaler they're going to tap your property conditionally and then they're not actually going to buy it well the deal i did yesterday so i the guy called me on my he called my cell phone i picked it up and we basically yeah, found out he was from Calgary and he was just here for the week. I said, I can come today. I'll be there at this time. He said, perfect. I'll see you then. So I showed up. I did my comparable search. I had my offer ready. I came with a blank offer, but I knew what I was going to offer uh, verbally. Um, he showed me around the house and he was like, yeah, I don't want to really make a decision today, but um, uh, like, let's just kind of get this done or let, like, let's move this process forward. So we walked through the house. I sat him down and I was just extremely confident with the guy. Cause like, I know I can structure deals. I know I can find assignees. Like it's not a problem for me. Um, and I know if he has had conversations with other wholesalers, I'm going to have to be the best one, yeah. maybe not on price, but like absolutely like just, yeah. just like so much confidence Confidence right? in the deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I went, I went through and I was very compassionate. He had, he lost his father two years ago and he's been going through probate with the property. Um, so super compassionate, super confident. And then when we got to sat, sit down about the, the deal, I didn't fill out the price or anything. I kind of just, uh, filled out the paperwork. I said, this is where our names are going to go. I, like I walked him through the thing. Uh, this is like where I'm going to put the closing date. This, these are the conditions. Let's, let's talk about these. This is where if you want to add anything, you can, um, and then I went back to the front of it and I started filling it out. This is my name. What's, how do you spell your full name? And then I started filling out all the information. I said, we'll get to the price after. Let's just fill out the paperwork. Get back the third time. I said, okay, what's the magic number? Like you, you have till Friday. Let's just get this done. Do you have a magic number or ballpark at least? And he was like, mm, humming and hawing. Typically, I love to get the price from them first because like yeah. it, you are in a better position that way. Um, whether you, if you know they're out to lunch or if you, if you can kind of start lower, it's good to know their price. So what I did, um, I couldn't get the price out of him. He's from out West. He's very like stubborn guy, which is, which is fine. Um, because like when I, when I can't get the price out of them, I'll just start a little bit lower than I normally would in case I could get a better deal. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I offered him, uh, 800 K for the property and, uh, or no, I said, my, I'm, I'm in the high sevens, low eights right now. And he's like, okay. And then he started think, talking about it or like walking around his house, like thinking. And I was like, I'm just going to continue fin- filling out this paperwork. You go kind of think, yeah. right? So I fil- finished filling out the paperwork. He comes back in the room. He's like, how's eight ten sound? And I was like, give me a second. I'm going to go call my partner, stepped outside, made a fo- uh, phone call. And um, basically like I went back inside. I was like, let's do it at 800. And he was like, no, eight, eight Oh five. And I said, okay, eight Oh five it is. And then, um, we just filled out the paperwork. Cause like, I, w- I was like, 
so confident that we're doing it today. I was like, let's get this done today. I'd rather not come back tomorrow. He's like, what if I want to go to the lawyer and like, will it offend you if I, if I want to get this checked over by the lawyer? I said, you know what? It doesn't offend me at all. I like, I would probably do the same thing, but let's get it done today anyways. And then tomorrow when you bring it to the lawyer, if we need to change anything, we, we might be able to do that. So you do, did you write it in as conditional on the agreement? It's a conditional offer for me. So it's conditional for you, but not conditional on his behalf? No, not at all. So I actually, uh, Carlos has been on this podcast a couple of times. He, uh, he would actually, I don't know if he still does this, but he used to actually write a conditional for the seller so that they could review it with their lawyer. Interesting. Yeah. So he'd write, this offer is conditional on the seller's behalf for two days to have, you know, for a lawyer's review to a sole and absolute discretion, whatever. I don't know exact, exact wording. Interesting. And uh, just said, okay. Yeah, if that's your, you know, if that is, if we can settle that concern is, you know, are you ready to proceed? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. All right, great. If he says no, then there's something else on his mind anyway. Then, yeah, you might then as well that, just, it's not the, it's yeah, that's exactly, yeah. that's the wrong objection. You know, that's just a shield. That's a good move. Yeah. yeah. So he would put that in all of his stuff. This was going back like seven, eight years. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, he's doing real honest deals at that point he's given them the time to go over the with the lawyer all that yeah. stuff right and once it's on paper like i think it, i think it helps now, i'm not sure how he worded it's a mental like, thing for sure it, right? it probably says if he doesn't voice a concern the deal becomes firm i'm yeah. sure because he wrote it himself right you know you have two days to throw up an objection yeah. here otherwise would the deal goes firm like wait you waive your your right to kind of yeah up. i doubt he required them to put notice because the seller's not even going to know how to give notice so yeah um, that's a good idea yeah i'll, I'll use that <laughs> sharing ideas um yeah so so you're i want to get back into like kind of even how you're you're finding these deals some of your your daily tasks so that uh you know i think a lot of it's just going to be hard work there's probably no secret to it it's just more like execution and consistency yeah um well finding deals is like there's a lot of free ways to do it there's a lot of paid paid ways to do it um to list a few i mean if you're paying for your marketing you can be sending out handwritten letters through canada post or even postcards that have like more of a professional look to yeah. them. Uh, some people do both. Some people do one or the other. Uh, you can have a website, uh, which attracts, um, people that Google search like, like Toronto house buyer or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that's a good one. Um, free ones are door knocking. Probably one of my favorite ones. Uh, yeah. You used to do that, right? That was, how I, you started. I still do. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So I used to and I still continue to do it. I don't do it as frequently, but that's how I got my first three deals. And then I ended up getting like six or seven deals after that too. So, um, door knocking, totally free walk to a neighborhood and basically say, I'm looking to buy a house. Do you know anyone that's looking to sell? And then you just pop the question, like, would you consider selling your house? Um, and wouldn't they tell you if they were thinking it? Like, uh, I really like this neighborhood looking to buy. <laughs> yeah, well, they, they would be like, well, like, I've kind of thought about selling my house. But especially when I pop the question, like, would you consider selling your house? They'll tell me, like, if they have thought about it or not. Right. Uh, and then when they say, yes, uh, I have been thinking about it. I said, OK, well, it's super simple. Let me just come inside. I'll look around. Show me around your house and then I'll give you an offer. How's that sound? And then I basically like walk into their house. OK, so when you're walking those neighborhoods do you have an offer in your pocket do you have a file folder with you like well how do you how are you doing this uh yeah that would be that'd be cool but uh i try to just travel light basically i'm just like an average person out there trying to be like um not too official like i don't dress up or anything what i'm wearing now like t-shirt shorts like even hat sometimes i'll I'll go through and, and do it like that um 
but no, I come with a general like price in mind for the area. Like I do after you're there for days and weeks on end in the same general area, you kind of get to know like the prices, obviously like what things are selling for. Exactly. Right. Do you, do you have a realtor friend that gives you some comps? Uh, yeah. So you can, uh, you can have a realtor friend that gives you comps or if you're in the GTA or House most, Sigma. Yeah. House Sigma's like awesome right um it's it's like the simplest tool if you don't know what house sigma is it's basically like having the matrix but for someone that's not a realtor it's yeah and it's only treb right it's, it's yeah. only the toronto board yeah yeah but like it is expanding a little bit like you can pick up some in london um they're not as accurate but well i think the ones out of town are all people who have paid to be able to list on the the toronto, toronto board the Treb board yeah yeah some realtors seem to have figured that out and then there are other realtors that don't know what i'm talking about when i bring it up yeah um yeah so basically uh house sigma helps a lot in the gta um but yeah basically like i can have that on my phone and, and if they so really just want looking an up offer, the street and you, are you kind of pre going out to you know looking up the neighborhood you're going to go to and just knowing like you, um, you go on house sigma you look at the type of house yeah so like a lot of times like let's say you wanted to invest in a certain neighborhood right and i'm i'm a wholesaler so i'll say andrew i'm going to be uh i plan on going door knocking and i want to get you some deals um, what area would you want to buy in? And he, and you'll tell me your area and I'll say, what is a no brainer price for you in that area? Yeah. Okay. Around this price. Okay. So I can go to that neighborhood. If I can get a deal at that price, I pretty much sh- for sure have a buyer. If it's not Andrew, it's for sure someone else. Cause if Andrew's yeah. buying it, I know someone else will buy it. Right. Um, so basically I'll get that investor's information and then I'll just, I'll go find those kinds so of deals. So you already have a warm lead before you can go to the neighborhood. Well, essentially I just like know what like the like absolute maximum is and like what makes it like I'll buy it all day long kind of yeah. price. And then I just go and make those offers. And then, cause I say like, I, I'll say it like as a business, I need it at this price and, and that's it. And, and they're kind of just like, Okay, well, I guess that that's it then, right? Um, Some of them probably just tell you, well, okay, that yeah, won't work for me. Politely tell me to F screw off. off. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that, it's a big numbers game. And then, so like back to like different marketing, like, so I do uh, door knocking. Also on Kijiji, if, um, if you're on Kijiji and you go on like the for rent ads. So typically if someone is renting out their unit, their landlord or yeah, property they may manager, want to sell. maybe they want to sell, right? So I try to look at the ones with like, rough photos or the place doesn't look that good the description's like one sentence or something um and i'll call them up and i'll say have you i know you're i know this is a bit out of the ordinary you're trying to rent out this unit um i'm actually an investor in the area and i'm looking to buy have you considered selling this place or do you know anyone that's considered selling and then that i've gotten leads that way too um in fact i just did a walkthrough from from one of those two days ago so um, nice we just and like obviously for sale by owner on kijiji is really good Oh yeah, yeah. They probably get called off the hook though. Honestly, like it's it's not as not as bad as like flyers. Like I get more people like talking about badly about flyers than me calling them on Kijiji. And like at oh, the end yeah, of the day, well, like, flyers have turned into something else. It's yeah. wild. Yeah, people. I I get I used to get angry calls from people for for the flyers, you know, threatening me for for sending the flyer, the handwritten one. Well, they still they still work. It's just like you're going through like a lot of conversations. Like I sent. <laughs> I made a mistake when I first came to the GTA. I sent out fifty thousand at once, um, which was like a. And you got a lot of calls, right? Well, like in smaller cities, like I wouldn't have got that many calls, right? But GTA isn't as saturated, yeah. so I, uh, I got like two thousand calls within a week and a half, and I was like, it was like eighteen hundred calls. So you must have like, missed so many of them. Oh, I missed like I would be on the phone with one person, like two two more would come in, right? Yeah. So I had like all these missed calls, and it was just really hard to. Uh, um, 
like keep up with it. It was just like too much. Right? Yeah, no, I know. That's what happened to me when I did it in Hamilton the first time. I got like 300 yeah, calls just, in yeah. a week and a half or something like that. Like, what which you do even that it? was, oh yeah, most of them were wasted. Yeah. Most yeah. of them were. Right. I, I tried to catch up, but I couldn't. <laughs> Yeah, you, you you can try to catch up and then like, but if you don't get them on the first call, usually that's when they're most like into it, right? But like a lot of people did GTA, they, they all know House Sigma, they all know like what their house is worth anyways. Everyone's just like, I want the highest price to not just refer them to a realtor at that point. Yeah, and that's fine. Like yeah. you want to avoid that. Like how do, how do you, so say you did do some outbound marketing, um, like how do you pre-screen them before you go yeah, choose a property? Yeah, so basically... Um, I don't want to show up to a property that's fully renovated. First of all, I don't want to show up to a property that they're expecting like full market value or more. So basically, essentially, I'll tell them. Um, so basically, I'm looking for houses that can be renovated. Um, so that way we can flip them and then sell them or wholesale them or whatever, buy them as rentals kind of thing. So then they know that I need a house that needs renovations. I could ask them, sometimes I ask them, does your house need renovations? And they'll say, no, 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 no. And then I'll show up uh, and it actually does. Or like, sorry, if I ask them if it needs renovations, they'll tell me what they think I want to hear, right? So they'll tell you yes, even though it doesn't need it? Yeah, exactly. Or something. Yeah, they'll say like, yeah, you could renovate this one. And I show up, it's like pretty much a new house, right? Um versus when I say like, I need to buy houses that need renovations, they'll tell me, oh no, it's fully renovated. Or yes, actually you could probably take care of this, this and this. Um, and then, okay, then I'll show up, right? Then I'll ask them like, what's what's the price range that you wanna sell this for? I don't wanna come out and waste my time or waste your time. Um, and then they'll t- they'll just tell me like, I need X amount between this and this. But right? most of them, I feel like when you ask them that question, they either won't commit to a number or they'll tell you something that like, they've looked it up. They yeah. and and yeah. usually they're wrong and they just go off of what they see other stuff listed for. Yeah. Or, this or, is or what their realtor it, told them is yeah, another big yeah, one. Yeah, and it's always high, like yeah. almost always. So so that's like a secondary qualifying question. First of all, if I can do renovations, then I'll show up. And if I but if their price is like way too high, I'm just like this person is just. Out yeah. to launch, right? Like how do you know if you've got somebody who won't be reasonable and, um, and negotiate? I hate that I do this, but I stereotype a lot of certain like people and like just the way they are on the phone, I'm like, okay, this guy's just not gonna be good. He's like too stubborn and then like I'm not gonna be able to even like because like like do you prefer a more passive like type of response or do you want somebody who's a little bit more uh direct and in your face? Well, I just want someone that's not like you can tell when someone just wants the highest value for their house versus when someone wants because like for example like i sold my car recently and i could have sold it privately and made like an extra 5k or whatever off it but i went to the dealer because it was easy and i just didn't really care about the extra money that i could have made by selling it myself same thing for people with houses like sometimes the 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 money isn't their driving like yeah that's what you gotta uh, figure out motivation so sometimes you can just tell like what their if their motivation is purely money then it's like i'll come show up and like make the offer but um sometimes it's just like we need to get this done like sometimes you can ask questions like when do you want to move and if they want to move in like 30 days and i know like they they have like things in place like they need to get moving kind of thing yeah um so like it's just a a bunch of questions there's no secret to it like i like it's just consistency and really getting out there and having those conversations really but wasting time you you learn a lot about 
uh like the kind of people you're working with by like showing up to these bad walkthroughs that like and you just kind of like make these mental notes right okay so yeah this is the these are the the telltale signs of somebody who's not going to work out yeah these are the telltale signs of someone who will yeah and that that's a great point and like you're never going to know unless you just start doing it some of it can't even be articulated in the words yeah but you're probably looking for a reason right like somebody says i had a family member die or or um, you know, I guess like you'd be looking for ones that you'd have some sort of in- inclination that their house is going to be rough. Yeah. And, you know, messy. Yeah. They don't want to list. They, why don't you want to list? Do you ask that? Always. Oh, I always ask like, why don't you want to list with a realtor? Um, you could probably get a lot more money with doing it that way. And then, then they'll tell me like, I don't want to pay the realtor fees or they'll tell me like the house is an absolute mess or they'll just tell me they want to keep it low key. Some people have like anxiety. They don't want to show their house to the world, right? They don't want their neighbors coming to their house. Yeah. Um, the or even they, knowing they're selling. Yeah, exactly. So like they really, a lot of people want to keep it low key. And so when I show up, I don't even park at the house. I park down the road. So like they don't see that this like nice car has come here with like a folder in their hand. Like they, it, people get like suspicious, right? So I just go there and just like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just keep it low key for them. They're calling me for a reason, right? Okay, yeah. I mean, obviously, they, they did see the, the, the yes, flyer. It's a handwritten or, note. Like, yeah, they, you're, no, you're, not, you're not going to call a handwritten note. They know you're note. not a realtor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I guess just establishing those things. Okay, so then you go in, you're normally kind of filing through that process or mm-hmm. writing up the offer, mm-hmm. uh, getting into a ballpark. What do you do when somebody's just outside of your ballpark for, for cost? Like, do you try and salvage that, and how do you do it? Um, well, like, I come ready with, with my numbers, and my numbers work for me. I have, like, my f- initial offer and then what my maximum allowable offer is. And what do you show them for comps? Um, do you show them comps? If they if they really want to, like, if they're really, like, if we're having that in-depth of a discussion, like, because usually you, you're starting to disagree on price at that point. If you're bringing out the comps, like, I'll pull out my cell phone and say, like, look, this is this is what actually sells for um your realtor might have told you this or this might have been a house they told you about that sold for the price around what you want mm-hmm. but like let's look at the differences right um like sometimes i'll go down that route but i feel like the conversation in my experience really starts to go sour once does, you get to yeah, that point it does and then so i just try to keep it like i'll i'll come and say, like i'll straight up tell them like i believe uh by the time i sell this house it'll be worth this much after all the renovations are done it'll be worth this much and then, and then I'll say, these houses are similar to yours. They've been selling around this price. I'm going to need a discount. Like I'm here, we're doing this private. What's the price that we can make it work at? And then, and then I just lay it all out for them. Like I'm just, I have to be honest, right? I have to tell them. Yeah, like, of course. So do you tell them you're going to be wholesaling it? Like all the time. Yeah. You say, yeah, that's my business is selling to other investors. So I just, I tie these deals up. So that's why we have the assignment clause. Yeah. So yeah. Do you, do you tell them I need to make money. This is what my, my wholesaler buyers are going to buy. Yeah. Buy so, for. so I've, I've done both. So basically I started out kind of acting like it was me buying the property and stuff like that. And then I started like mentally, like that wasn't okay for me. Right. I was like, I felt like I was just lying to the people straight to their face and then doing the deals and then making money off their property. Right. So I started just like it it honestly did make me get less deals but I don't I can actually sleep at night now right yeah. so like when I'm more honest and more like thing I can um I just feel better about it. Yeah, exactly. I don't do as many deals, but I, I will actually like not feel like shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, I, so, I just want to be honest in all my dealings. Yeah. I don't want to ever tell anybody anything that's not that, not sincere. But I think you can if you just take your time. You don't need to necessarily lose business for it. Because yeah. if you can form a connection with someone, say this is just this is what I do. This is yeah. this is my my livelihood. Yeah, 
and that's yeah i always tell them like i don't do this just for fun like i i I love what i do but i don't do it just for fun right i still have to make some money so yeah yeah i gotta make money here i don't i can't work for free i know you don't work for free like everybody's gotta kind of come to that realization right and it gets a lot easier when you actually decide that i am gonna start buying properties i can have a little bit different conversations because like I'm going to look at the property as if I'm buying it first, right? Yeah. And if as if I'm going to partner with someone on it, right? And then, yeah. Yeah, I like to leave it open-ended if I have those conversations. Say, you know, I, I do buy properties. I, I also have other investors I work with. So, you know, they may ultimately end up being the ones buying it, but I'm here looking yeah. at it from an investor standpoint. Yeah, it exactly. needs to make sense. Yep. Yeah, so that's... Uh, it's good. We haven't had a wholesale conversation in a while on this show. So, um, yeah, you know, in a nutshell, kind of how yeah. it goes. What's what are your um, what's your your favorite right now in terms of ways to generate the leads? Is it is it going on Kijiji and talking to renters um, or follow up has been a big one for me. It's also free. I've already spent the money on the leads. So yeah. uh, these are leads I've already offered on um, like months or years ago. Right. So, so just call them up, and, I can call them up and just yeah, create deals that way. Um, or honestly, Kijiji is just a, a great one. Yeah. 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 Out, but active outbound Kijiji where yeah. you're, you're reaching out to people. Yeah. Like, uh, you can also make ads too, like free ones or like pay like five bucks, whatever city you're in. Um, and then, uh, those are everywhere though. Everywhere. Yeah. Like I buy houses or like yeah. easiest way to sell your house kind of thing. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, those are good, but very seldomly do you actually get a good lead out of it. People want to deal with people though. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you actually reach out to someone, yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you this, like when you're going door to door and knocking on these doors saying, hey, I'm looking looking for a house in the area. Uh, I was just curious if you know anyone on the street that's selling. Mm-hmm. Do you get treated like a door to door salesman? Honestly, like I get asked that question a lot when I talk about door to door and the answer is absolutely not. So when I go up to the door, I shoot them a smile like right away. I get them smiling or laughing about something. And then and like we just have a genuine conversation. Like I'm looking to buy a house here. Do you know anyone selling? And it's like at first they might their initial thought is like who's this guy at my door but the moment i just calm them down with a simple smile like it goes a long way and like these days everyone really just wants to talk to someone like you might not know it but personal like interaction is actually still a thing like people love to like talk to people in person yeah how do you how do you are you wearing a mask and they see a smile i carry a mask in my hand just like i have my my phone and a mask in my hand so like if anyone's really like picky about it but like I've only had like one or two people really get kind of ask you to put it on. Yeah, right? put it on. Like most people don't really care, to be honest. Yeah, no, that's that's good, especially you're out at, you're outside. Yeah, we're outside, and like realistically, they've talked to maybe a handful of people in the past like year or whatever. So yeah, like somebody <laughs> wants to talk to me. Right, right. Yeah, do you back up from their door? Yeah, like, I, knock on them back up. Even even before COVID, I I always have like a five foot rule because like you don't want to knock on someone's door and be like right there in front of their face right yeah yeah i gotcha yeah you don't want to be crowding them and i always just try to like i'm i feel like i'm good at like seeing what kind of person is they or what kind of person they are or like how they are going to react but just by their initial like tone of voice kind of thing um and i'll just i'll just like be able to like change my body shape or like um like how i'm standing or how i'm speaking and then i can like really get through to them a little bit easier just by like i call it style flexing yeah. so you just like mirror their style yeah, mirroring, right? and then like it just makes them comfortable right yeah well that's a that's a uh, tactic for uh, negotiations mirroring yeah, right absolutely yeah. yeah um yeah negotiations are are interesting like you can go about it like you're going to battle or be like super open about it but it's it's negotiations like lifelong like yeah uh it's tough 
Well, you want to, yeah, we want to make a friend in that process, you know, yeah. make, make sure that you're, you're on the good side that, that way you, you can, they'll actually just want to deal with you. Right. You yeah. want, people want to deal with friends. Yeah. So like, uh, for example, the deal yesterday, excuse me. Um, I, uh, he was a cyclist. He lived in Calgary. Um, there was a lot of things like we kind of had in common. Like I've, I used to live in Alberta. I'm a big cyclist, things like that. And like, I just, I was like, oh, is that your old bike there? And then I was like, what kind of saddle is that on your bike? Is that a Brooks? And he was like, it is a Brooks. And I was like, oh, that's un- perfect. Unreal. If and you then, can find something that they yeah, like. Yeah. yeah. And then we just, like for you, you're a musician, right? So like when you talk to people, there's probably a lot of people you talk to that love music. Or- I've tried that. Though. I'm like, oh, you play guitar too? Yeah. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. You're not my guy. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, it it all depends, right? I always just try to find something I connect on, and and I took out uh, like a newer wholesaler door knocking before, and they were like, "You really can like connect with anyone about anything, right?" Because like yeah. the moment they have something that's slightly out of the ordinary, I'm like, I can think of a time in my life that I've gone through like something similar, yeah. right? Or like I can just if you've read How to Win Friends and Influence People, I'm sure yeah, you have, great right? Book. Um, ask people questions about themselves and like you can be the best conversationalist in the room right the most interesting person but you're asking them questions about themselves right? oh yeah um they love that right so that's a great book by the way good good for bringing that up. i've honestly read that like six times in my life now, the thing that stands out to me is uh, why does everyone love a dog because it's always happy to see it you know right, it's always right, wagging exactly, its tail yeah, like yeah. my dog's perfect example of that yeah um, he was the cutest dog <laughs> yeah so if you act like that though and you know be the dog that's happy to see the owner with the person you're dealing with man i fell in love with uh we or dash hounds uh my ex-girlfriend she has like she has a long-haired one just like yours oh yeah and uh her name was uh lolly didn't, didn't really matter what her name is but like i honestly think i'm gonna go with a dash hound for my next dog yeah man they're they're great they're a little stubborn and a little gappy they're, they're, they're a little re- high maintenance but they're yeah the best dogs yeah and it's funny because they're like really independent like they'll like they'll come up to you but then they'll like go and do their own thing after Sure. It, it, you know that's the funny thing it depends like my dog i know we're going on a tangent here my dog has to be touching me when he sleeps or, oh, or my wife yeah, yeah like true. he'll cross the h so we form an h in bed he's the cross <laughs> piece uh <laughs> and we wouldn't have it any other way no sometimes i turn him vertical but we'll wake up and he'll like be sleeping on the pillow next to me like facing me i'm like okay that's weird <laughs> yeah i want to get a dog so bad and that's yeah. definitely on the top of my so list. this is when you're going out to calgary next is that where you're moving or are you going to, oh, out to alberta no 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 i used to live in alberta um and then but no i'm moving uh to chatham ontario so chatham okay well, there's lots of deals to be had there yeah small town chatham i know pretty much everyone there um jeremy i've been there like even the guys i went to high school with like a lot of business owners now uh, a lot of trades guys a lot of business owners um like the boat scene's pretty big there so yeah the numbers work there so yeah. you're going to a good place i mean what yeah, jeremy's good, been yeah. able to to do there is like inhuman a large part you know his work ethic large part the right environment and like great partner him and him and taylor like they're just like they're great partners together right yeah. um they just get shit done <laughs> they're really really good yeah yeah so definitely spend some spend some time with him and and yeah that that sounds like an awesome market there's lots of cash flow there still yeah and, and i'm i'm gonna basically be door knocking pretty much daily there to yeah. to get um in people's faces a little bit more because they probably remember me i'm i'm known as like the, the handwritten letter guy from chatham I was like the first so you were first already one to doing do that there yeah like i was the first one to do it there and like um yeah people just started to know me that way right um so not exactly how i want to be known so i'm gonna kind of go um be the guy in at the doors right 
No, that's great. As long as you're getting in conversations with people and, and making it clear what you want, right? Yeah. Wanting deals. Um, Mike, how do people get in touch with you or follow you? Where's the best place? Uh, yeah, so I'm most active on Instagram, uh, Mnowicki. Um, I don't know if you write these things down. Yeah, I'll but, put it in the show notes. Um, last name is spelt N-O-W-I-C-K-I. Um, or you can like email did you drop phone numbers on here or no whatever you like yeah so like if you're like a phone call kind of person or text text me first don't cold call me please um you can drop uh you can drop me a text at 519-360-7771 or if you're more into emails uh, it's mike nowicki 72 at gmail.com Perfect. Yeah. You gave them all the options. So I don't, Hey, I don't uh, give out phone numbers directly, but I mean, some people come on here, they want to. Thousands of people have it already. (laughs) It makes my phone blow up too much. Um, I've been one of those guys that just prides myself on not having my phone go. Yeah. Once I get, once I get a second phone just for like really personal. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Just have a business cell phone and another one. That's, that's probably what I need to do so I can have one for sales calls and stuff. But honestly, I like, I like talking to people. I feel like there's always something I can help someone with and you Usually that that favor gets returned. So yeah. really, really love building relationships by like just genuinely trying to help someone. It yeah. makes me feel good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you golf, by the way? Uh, sometimes I'm not good, but yes. <laughs> All right, we'll have to get out sometime. Okay. Um, but anyways, Mike, any uh, any thoughts and words you want to leave our uh, our viewers and listeners with? Um, you know, words of wisdom in your experience. Yeah, um, this is something I thought about a little bit. I definitely think it's important to. Uh, obviously work on your business and get after kind of your financial goals. Please don't forget about your relationships and your personal like mental health, uh, mental health and like relationships are very important to me, uh, physical health as well. Um, and then if you're new to this and you're not used to making, um, real estate kind of money, really figure out your personal finances and make sure you don't waste time by, making financial mistakes i think we've all done that even when i first got into making a bit more money i i spent too much and then had to retract and figure it out i figured it out um because i grew up very frugal and uh you know just all of a sudden got got a little bit uh, turned around there Uh, just give an idea though of like you know just before we wrap up and you don't have to answer if you don't want to but what's what's like a big deal commission for a wholesaler because i've heard some other people say some big numbers like for you what's the biggest single deal uh my biggest single deal was seventy thousand dollars seventy thousand like that's that's a decent deal like that's what's an average deal average deal 20 30k 20 30k um, and you can do what like 12 15 a year 20 a year yeah like i've done 40 or 50 in the past two years so um like yeah so not all of money them were big deals like a lot of them were like five 10k deals right um but then you get those some of them that are like 40 50 60 those put a smile on your face we've done like multiple six-figure deals on our on our team like i've i wasn't part of the deals but like we've done like hundreds of thousand dollar wholesale deals but those are on bigger buildings right Right, different different game right but yeah wholesaling uh is definitely a a money-making uh yeah it's a good active business so well related to what you're doing and if you're finding deals in the world's your oyster Absolutely. You yeah. can you can go out I mean you've got built in equity into any deal you do. That's such an asset to a joint venture partner. So I have no doubt that yeah. uh that this is gonna go well for you um yeah. in the next little bit. You keep applying that hustle, man. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. All right, buddy. Good talking to you. We'll see yeah. you soon. Thanks, man. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Please make sure to share this episode far and wide. Help it help more people. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks. I'll see you on the next one. <laughs>